You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'm your host, Blake Bubble, with me as always, my co-host Dylan Reagan. We're back here to talk about the action from uh, the super wildcard uh, weekend that uh, wound up not being so super uh, in terms of actual uh, suspense and such perhaps, but uh, still one game to be played and uh, we'll talk about that one a little bit at the end, Dylan, just to kind of, I know you'll be there and we've already gave our picks on it, but uh, we'll see if anything's changed in terms of your thoughts on it uh, heading into this game with the Rams and the Cardinals on Monday night, but we are recording this uh, on Monday morning and uh, looking back at the action from the weekend. And well, there was a common theme, as we said, uh, in terms of suspense. There was not a whole lot of it, uh, minus, I guess, what, two games, but really those games were sort of forced suspense, I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> really didn't really need to be suspenseful, but they wound up being. Um, I don't know. It was, uh, it was a, a very interesting weekend, to say the least. Yeah, it was not, you know, maybe the, the same thrilling kind of games that we've seen in past postseasons. Although the, the wild card round sometimes can produce the usually the, the bigger uh, scores in terms of uh, the divisional round. Maybe we start seeing a little bit, maybe the top of the top teams and you get a little better games. But nonetheless, it was still a lot of fun. For the most part, kind of went the way that we assumed it would. I, I know you hit every single pick you had. The only one I missed, uh, Cowboys and Diners, and that one still uh, easily could have gone the other way. It was not exactly a game where for a favorite that most people were picking them. I think in uh, you know if you look at any any website with their predictions, uh, where the money was in Vegas, everyone there was a lot of people that were hesitant on what the Cowboys were going to be able to do in that game. And yeah, so uh, at least we did get a couple of really exciting endings. Um, but yeah, for the most part, uh, yeah, I mean, unless you're a, a Bills, Bucks, or a or a Chiefs fan, there were some games that definitely weren't uh, quite up to the par of some of the you know some of the big games and the drama that we saw in the final few weeks of the season. Um, it just wasn't quite on that level. Yeah, and let's start with a game that kind of, um, you know, sort of uh, hammered that home more than probably any of the others, and that was the Bills and the Patriots. Uh, we made this our game of the week. Well, it was our game of the week in the sense <laughs> that the Bills looked as good as anyone um, this weekend, and uh, they went at 47-17. to 17. Uh, Another game, quite frankly, that it's a 30-point um, decision, but it, I don't even know if it felt that close pretty much uh, most of the way. It was just... The Bills did whatever they wanted uh, against the Patriots, and, and we kind of said it going in. I thought the Patriots' record was a little deceiving. I mean, they were 10-7, and 7, but you just never sort of got the sense, I think at least for me, that this was a team that was just going to perhaps, you know, make one of those memorable runs in the playoffs or anything. They just, I don't know, they had that extra something yeah. those years. You know, of course, Tom Brady, you can add in a lot of different factors, but I just didn't think this was that kind of team. And then, of course, when you line them up with this game against the Bills on the road, um, I just thought it was a, a not a great matchup um, for this. And, of course, we both 
uh, went the routes of picking the Bills, and it, it turned out pretty successful here. <laughs> I mean, again, the Bills just did whatever they wanted here. I mean, they were just unstoppable, up 27 to nothing, two minutes left in the second quarter. This was just a, a very one-sided game. And, um, yeah, the, the Bills said they wanted to sort of hit back at their critics of their uh, defense and, and all these other things. Well, they did just that in this one. Yeah, it was uh, just complete domination from the start. Um, it, you know, it did look quickly like maybe we're going to have a shootout in, in store after the Bills score and the, and the Patriots are marching down the field getting some crazy third down conversions and then suddenly that Micah Hyde interception happens and just the place erupts. That that pick was ridiculous. I mean, like off the throw, just like most people watching, it looked like it was going to be a touchdown and the ball was basically right there. To, I think it was Nelson Aguilar, but man, Hyde made a fantastic play, and uh, the Buffalo Bills' offense was not going to be stopped. You see, when when they're firing on all cylinders, what they are capable of, and um, they they definitely saved some wrinkles for this game. Some of the players on the Patriots after the game said that they did not expect what they were going to be getting. I don't know, you know, obviously, um, they, they I'm sure they expected a heavy dosage of Josh Allen in, in the passing game, but some of the schematic things they did were opening up. Uh, plays for him to make and even when they were defended well as we've seen with Josh in the past and even in the the second meeting in the regular season he just takes it into his own hands jukes out a couple guys and he just played a, a basically a flawless game yeah I'm sure you saw over Twitter how people were saying it's the first perfect uh offensive game in the Super Bowl era where a team doesn't punt the ball doesn't have kick a field goal doesn't turn the ball over score a touchdown every single drive until they need uh, have a kneel down they didn't even have any fourth down conversions they they, I think they only had like a handful five or six third downs that they even had to try to convert so I mean it was the most ridiculous yeah it's uh they're six or seven so quite a little bit more but still I mean just a ridiculous game for them on that side they probably would have given up even less points if they had to they kind of you know build up a big lead and the Patriots were able to get a couple touchdowns there uh towards the end of the game but man it was just straight straight domination i you know i thought the bills would win as we've talked about they're a team that's ranked higher dvoa and different things uh compared to what their record might indicate they've lost a lot of close games as you were talking to me about before the podcast they've won a ton of double digit games i mean they've and they've just been right there in so many opportunities to easily they could have you know had a better record and possibly been the one seed that game goes a little bit differently against the titans earlier this year maybe one other different outcome and there you go they're probably up there so, I mean, yeah, this team is just as scary as anyone going into the next round. And um, for the Pats, yeah, maybe in a little bit of hindsight, we're seeing a team that maybe they made the most of what they had in terms of where they went, you know, in terms of rather than this being disappointing necessarily, obviously you don't want to lose any game, playoff game like the way they did. But um, looking back at the whole season, um, maybe with where Mac Jones is at, where the, you know, given the um, limited – yeah, you know, some of the receivers did step up this year, but still I wouldn't say a, a, an amazing receiving corps that they have in New England. I think given the limited options they have there and the different weapons, maybe it, uh, in hindsight it looks a little bit better. This team was able to get so much out of itself and become a playoff team and get themselves back in that conversation that moving forward they feel pretty good about where they're at. I'll see how, you know, all the guys they bring out, especially on defense back. But, um, yeah, I still think that it was overall a pretty solid bounce-back season for the Patriots, uh, given what we saw last year. And for the Bills, a little bit of still that same now. They feel like, you know, we really do run this division. I know they've won it two years in a row, but for this, this was a statement um, atop this division that this team is not going anywhere. And now for the Bills, uh, going to be really fun to watch them uh, moving forward. Yeah, of course, it's going to set up a, a big game uh, here. We'll talk about that 
in a second. Uh, all right, that was our game of the week. And like we said, I mean, quite frankly, there's there wasn't a whole lot of choices. So any route we went probably would not have uh, maybe outside of one game to this point. Like we said, you don't know with the Cardinals and the Rams yet. But um, this was, you know, there were only limited options in terms of game of the week. All right, to our betting locks. And we nailed both of these. Uh, as we said going in, these felt like probably, you know, the most one-sided games. And they, they were from the point spread standpoint. And so we didn't really – take the chance on picking any of the close games we went the ones that we felt like were going to be blowouts yeah. and they were um we can start with the bucks and the eagles uh this was a game that got out of hand pretty early and uh yeah that's another one that <laughs> was 31 to 15 but um this was you know this was not as close as, as that indicated of course with the eagles scoring those two touchdowns in the fourth quarter but i mean you know th- this was just kind of i thought this played out about as expected i, I never sort of got a sense and it was funny because all the talk going in we even talked about it i said i don't know if i want to make this you know my pick here because the weather forecast and all this and i'm like you know eight and a half maybe the eagles keep it close brady doesn't have all his weapons you know Fournette's not playing ronald jones is out of receiver situation (laughs) i mean we had all the, the excuses right like everybody's pushing every possible excuse to make this game close and it just didn't happen. Uh, of course, it winds up being just a, a sunny day, and it rains a little bit uh, throughout that game. But uh, yeah, this was this was all Bucks, and I mean, once again, you can mix and match however you want. Uh, maybe you know further down the line, and maybe even going into mm-hmm. to this upcoming weekend, uh, it, it hurts the Bucks a little bit more not having some of these guys. But still, I mean, Tom Brady's there, and uh, this was another sort of dominant performance for the Bucks. Yeah, they rolled the way that we kind of expected they would. Maybe, um, you know, in terms of the elements, maybe it ended up impacting with the wind a little more of Jalen Hurts, because yeah. Tom looked completely fine, and the Eagles had some opportunities to throw the ball. The, the Bucks, you know, compared to, you know, last season, and as, a, as the year went on, they, their run defense didn't uh, stand up as one of the top ones in the league. It was ranking more towards the middle of the pack. So you thought maybe the Eagles would have some openings there and set, you know Tampa Bay ended up bringing you know it's at times like 10 dudes to the line of scrimmage whether it be on receivers outside but still nonetheless they were they were not putting hardly anyone on the back and they're basically forcing the Eagles to pass and they could not do it um it just uh, the Eagles early on had some chances where they could have you know kept the game closer the the Bucks weren't exactly running away with it immediately had some drives that stalled and Philadelphia just looked pretty conservative and they waited too long and then the the Bucks threw a few punches and it was just over at that point it was um, yeah, Tom Brady and, and that offense looked completely fine even with some of the injuries they had that's the biggest thing for Tampa Bay moving forward obviously you see Ryan Jensen's able to stay in the game and how huge is that to, to keep him at center because he looked like he was pretty hurt badly I know Tristan Wirfs went back out there which was kind of crazy given the circumstances uh, and then ended up leaving the game again but just the fact that he was able to play makes you think maybe he'll be f- able to go a week from now just uh you know that uh, as Bruce Arians had talked there Joe Buck talked about the quote from him over <laughs> during the week before about how it doesn't matter who he, who's at receiver he thinks if he has Tom Brady in that offensive line they're going to win games and I tend to believe that too I mean uh, if Tom has plenty of time to throw he's going to throw it to the right guy and some of these young guys did step up still saw uh, some good things happening even without Fournette there in the running game and yeah I think Tampa's still going to be a tough team to bounce out and for the eagles I, you know this is these, these games are going to kind of happen when we get the two seven matchups it's it's part of what we're going to get used to and it, it would have been the three six matchup though if the uh rams beat the niners last week and, and then the rams would have played the saints so i mean then it would have been still here in the traditional uh six game uh playoff setup that we've been used to for so many years and it still probably would have been the same outcome so 
Um, yeah, uh, Philadelphia. I mean, just uh, for them, good to obviously to get to this point and to no, you know, whatever they were like two and five. Like no one really thought they were going to be a playoff team at that point. To to basically also look at their roster and be like, this is our the strength of our team. We're going to have to run the ball to win games. We're going to have to make this a focal point. Then to become the number one rush offense in the league. I mean, it's just good coaching to to know your personnel and get the most out of them. But this is probably the. This is probably the the ceiling for Philly was getting to the playoffs and not much further. And for Tampa Bay, obviously, as defending champions, they have much bigger goals in mind. Yep, I think so. And uh, like you said, the Eagles will talk a lot about probably in the offseason about perhaps uh, ways they can continue to kind of make that push, uh, you know, to get back to the spot and perhaps go even further. So we'll see what happens with them. Uh, our betting locks, I think, will get a little bit more uh, tough next <laughs> next time around as we go into these uh games uh this upcoming weekend but for now we 2-0 to start uh things off in our, our betting lock so all right to our upsets of the week and well technically we could still be 2-0 um by the time you listen to this you'll know if we're 2-0 or not uh i told you from the start there was just something about this matchup that i like the 49ers at the cowboys and I want to say this number got to three and a half. Like uh, I was trying to think back, but I want to say it may, I don't know if you remember, it may have dropped to two and a half, but I know at one point I think I saw three and a half. The Cowboys were favored. uh, And this one, of course, does not work out for Dallas. The 49ers win 23 to 17. And this was another game that quite frankly, from the start, like, you know, it was very close to getting out of control. And I think it, you know, at one point it almost felt that way until, I, there was never a sense for me until that final possession where I'm thinking, are the 49ers really going to do this? Um, I mean, the Niners were in control of this game the entire way. And it was their own doing, the reason why this game got as close as it did. Yeah. And, um, the Cowboys had a chance on that final possession to, to perhaps score a touchdown and win it. But I didn't think the Cowboys did much of anything to affect the 49ers. I thought it was just, you know, again, the mistakes I thought were of the Niners' own doing in, in several instances and you know this was another one where i you know going in you pointed out like before we started recording and i think you really have to go back now and and really think about this we we kept talking about the cowboys and yes you know good team but they started to kind of hit that point where they just could not beat good teams Mm -hmm. and you know what was it i think they wound up having two wins against playoff teams that would have been the eagles and the patriots i believe yeah and those came all the way back in like what that was probably october november yeah. <laughs> uh somewhere in there so like that's a long time ago and they couldn't beat good teams outside of that and so or i mean they beat the eagle twice excuse me but that last game I yeah don't really that was how much you can count that so <laughs> i don't even think that really counts so um i mean that's where you kind of look back at this cowboys team we talked about it um i think that washington game gave, gave people a, a very false sense of um, I don't know you know what. Like it just I think that set a standard where it's like, hold on a second, maybe let's look at Washington a little bit more and realize that that was sort of a unique circumstance. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, like this just again we can talk about the game itself, you know, that that final sequence and everything. There's a lot of debate about that, but I, I think that's overblown at this point. I, I thought it was you obviously are taking a risk. Uh, running that play and for anyone that wants to blame the umpire i think it's just absolutely ludicrous in that scenario um i just so many things the cowboys beat themselves here they had what 14 penalties i think i mean there's just we go on and on but i thought the 49ers were playing better going into this game quite frankly i thought they were the better team and that just that showed in this game i thought yeah the niners uh, i mean that 
you know, even though they just barely snuck in the playoffs, they've been uh, ranking, they're ranking sixth in total DVOA going into this game after the regular season. I mean, they were one of the best teams in the league, one of the most balanced defenses and offenses and what they're able to do. And you saw that kind of play out. The script went exactly like they wanted. We've seen this with some of their games this year where they, they get an early lead, they get the ball, they take control. They, the opening script from Kyle Shanahan and Mike McDaniel is flawless. They, they get the lead and then they kind of play their style from there if you're not able to quickly punch back. And that's exactly what happened. Dallas's offense stalled out a number of times. They were not able to to block some of those guys, especially Bosa before his injury. Um, it was they were eating up front. They couldn't run the ball. They didn't really stick to it either. I know even when they they fell down, we've, and we've seen other teams do this where they kind of fall into getting a little pass happy with a deficit that really could be overcome given the the spot of the game and how much time's left. And they, they go away from who they are as a team and that, you know, the Cowboys do are one of the more balanced offenses and they do rely on that. And they could not get to, to being that same, that same unit for the, over the course of the game on the flip side, their defense, I know they've been ranking as one of the best in the league, but there were certain times where uh, Shanahan and McDaniel, again, they used uh, the way that the Cowboys are the line and different things against them. And uh, there's a reason why I told you, I was, you know, even though I didn't pick the, the Niners, I was really obviously worried about this game. And it's the reason so many people thought that the Niners were going to win. And just the coaching difference, uh, not to, not to say too many negative things about the Cowboys coaching staff, given the, the quality of their season, but I think Shanahan, McDaniel, uh, they're just on a different level with what those guys are able to do. Um, they, they definitely saw some things and different openings with how the Cowboys align and use the leverage against them, essentially, on a lot of different counter kind of plays and a lot of double moves that left Trayvon Diggs turning his head the opposite direction. And uh, I mean, it, yeah, it was it looked like it was going to be a blowout for a long time. The Cowboys offense, it looked uh, very similar at times to what they did against the Cardinals just a few weeks ago, but even worse because the Niners defense put the clamps down on a different level. Uh, another guy that should be definitely in that in the head coaching carousel, D'Amico Ryan's the defensive coordinator for the Niners. I, I'm tired of the Rams having all their, all their coordinators taken. I need the Niners to start having it happen more often. I know solid just went but let's have it a, a regular year thing but seriously the, i mean they looked ridiculous up on defense they lose both so they didn't miss a beat up front if uh, you know obviously they would have benefited from having him but they were still eating the whole time then they, fred warner goes down it's just a lot of different things that went against them and like you said really they they put the game back in into the into the cowboys hands with that interception it was just i don't know you know throwing is one thing but yeah, yeah. Having Jimmy rolling out of the pocket and then feeling like he's going to throw that ball downfield. I mean, it just there's there's so little to gain at that point with how well their defense has played. You're up 16. Um, you know, I know they somehow hold them to a field goal after that, and that just shows how well that defense has played. But man, it it started falling quickly, and I, I never still felt like Dallas was going to be able to to take the lead. I, I, the closest someone they got the the possession before the the last second one when they they had the fourth and eleven where they missed the the, the play downfield. Maybe for a moment felt like uh, you know at least momentum wise. How could you not think that uh, it was all going against the Niners? But they they stood up. They the Cowboys kind of the same theme of the game started rushing a little bit. They they, they run that play on second and eleven before the two minute warning to try to get it off and it almost gets picked off and it's just little things that you know where it felt like they really were just trying to push 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 and the pressure of the moment definitely got to them the penalties were ridiculous i know they've had a good amount of penalties all year but and you're gonna always against the niners you're gonna they're gonna draw some holdings against you but the defensive hold on, uh, towards the end of the game uh, on the running play that just cost them so much time I and mean, just so many little things 
uh, that they did wrong. Not that the Niners played flawless, not that they didn't have some costly penalties, not letting uh, Trent Williams get set on that final QB sneak, just little things that they didn't do perfectly either. They were just still a better team and um, just scored just enough points. Also, Debo Samuel just, I mean, we've talked about him a lot on this podcast, but man, he's a guy that if, if you're not playing him, he's so fun to watch. If you're facing him, he's your worst nightmare as a Rams fan. I know that well. He's just a ridiculous football player. Um, don't even, you know, he's a receiver, but he's a football player. <laughs> he, play, he blocks well. He, he runs well. Yeah. He does everything well. He's He's a crazy, crazy weapon, and now, I mean, I know we're not going to talk too much about uh, on this episode uh, the, the upcoming matchups, but, man, him and the this thinking about the, the matchup between the Niners and Packers, that is going to be a freaking game, man. Yeah, that uh, Niners-Packers game should be interesting, uh, going to be quite a test, uh, I think, for the Niners. But still, they're one of those teams, as we've said, the ones that kind of make those late pushes to get into the playoffs and then all of a sudden go on these uh, magical runs perhaps that could be the Niners we'll talk about that on the next episode before we go into uh, the last game here because as we said uh, our other upset of the week was uh, Rams Cardinals which uh, Dylan went with the Cardinals here and if you listen to the last episode you know why we're hedging on this one Um, so Dylan wins either way but I did skip over the Chiefs and the Steelers I did not do it intentionally I'm sorry the Steelers (laughs) fans Um, that was our other betting lock but uh, for some reason, I guess I was just so excited to get into this 49ers-Cowboys game, which was much more of a game than the Chiefs and the Steelers was. So yeah. we will circle back to that one very quickly. Uh, obviously, the noteworthy thing we'll talk about probably more in the offseason in terms of Ben Roethlisberger uh, retiring, likely, of course. Uh, not official yet, I guess, but um, that is the expectation. So we'll talk more about that uh, coming out of this. But, I mean, like we said, uh, there's not a lot to say about this game. Give the Steelers credit. They started off pretty well early uh, I don't think any of us probably had you know a 0-0 game going the second quarter but then as we know once the Chiefs turn it on they turn it on and that's what happened here Mahomes 400 yards passing five touchdowns I mean <laughs> they did whatever they wanted past that first quarter and, and that was all she wrote 42-21 for the Chiefs yeah they uh, I don't blame you for for passing up this game because definitely after <laughs> at a certain point last night you're, you're still watching but it man it was it got away from Pittsburgh after a first quarter and a first half for until the last few minutes where it looked like they the defense was going to keep a minute they played fantastic i know the chiefs it was a lot of them just being stale themselves but give credit to the sealers front and what they're able to do and some of the plays there in the secondary they're able to force tough throws from Mahomes and different things weren't happening so they score a touchdown obviously on a kind of a broken play with the you don't have Mahomes back there handing the ball off the ball gets fumbled fumbled again and yeah it looked like for a moment you know at least Pittsburgh was going to keep it closer and I was a little worried about my betting lock but then suddenly the Chiefs woke up in a big way and it was just like boom 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 I think at least I think it was I think it was six or eight uh possessions that they end up yeah let's see touchdown 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 yep six straight possessions that they score their six touchdowns it, it was yeah, they, and they looked unstoppable during it. There was yeah, guys were running open. They got the running game going. Jarek McKinnon looked fantastic. Whether he was catching passes, whether he was running out of the backfield, it, I mean, they definitely looked like he's going to be a weapon for them, and that might uh, move forward and be a big part of their offense. But they had everyone clicking in the in the passing game. Find, saw Tyree Kill look a little bit like himself. I know he's over the last half of the season. His fantasy owners know he didn't have his normal production. Came off the COVID list and had, as he talked about, some more symptoms. Uh, than than some other guys and he he looked a little bit more like his own Tyreek Hill self in this one Uh, guys have really stepped up at other positions too Byron Pringle has five receptions and two touchdowns I mean he's 
if if he's able, if they're able to rely on him uh, and Robinson and those kind of guys and Hardman in the passing game, I mean, it just makes them so much more dangerous. They have so much speed and. Uh, the, the Chiefs defense also, you know, to give them credit, it's not like they gave up uh, hardly any points until it was in garbage time, really, down the stretch of the game when the Steelers got their uh, offensive touchdowns. Otherwise, the Chiefs did kind of what they've done all year. They they eat up front. They're aggressive. They, they jump routes. They don't give you too many opportunities. They force you to make pinpoint throws. That might be a problem next week. Um, we saw what Joe Burrow just did to this defense. And if Josh Allen plays like he did against the Pats, it's going to be a, a different ball game. But nonetheless, the Chiefs look just like you know what we expected on offense and even better really than for large portions of the season as we saw the second half of the year their defense really took a jump forward we'll see if they can keep it going uh they definitely look just as scary as anyone in the afc and amanda i mean i'm just so fired up for all the afc playoff matchups we got some really fun quarterbacks some fun teams and uh the chiefs uh i know they're at this point it's it's funny among the group they're kind of the the tenured group that that has been here and done that already um uh, but they're still hungry for more obviously wanting to avenge last year's super bowl loss and um for the steelers yeah with ben roethlisberger not exactly the uh the classic game that you expect of a player and their final one how they're going to go out but we kind of you know the fact that big ben has played this long in itself is already crazy um with how his uh, different, all the different things that have happened with his body and for him to at times make some pretty decent throws down the field i know he can only throw so far but he's still hitting some uh, like longer intermediate passes uh, with some pinpoint uh, throws other guys plays where guys were just dropping passes so yeah he, he at least you saw some of those those moments and uh, for him just to get Pittsburgh to the playoffs, I think that's what ultimately what Steeler fans will remember more about this last season is how he was able to do enough with this unit to get them into the playoffs and not a lot of people expect them to be there. Yeah, and uh, of course we, we circle back to that uh, knowing that Dylan got his uh, betting lock right there. As I alluded to earlier, we did go uh, 2-0. and And of course, uh, Chiefs were 12.5-point favorites and that one covered that easily uh, in this game. All right, to our last game, uh, that was the Bengals getting the win over the Raiders. This was another game that's, I know, kind of got close there at one point, but I'll be honest, like, I just never, I never had that sense the Raiders were going to win this game. Like, even from the start, you just sort of saw it way it uh, began. I know, you know, Raiders got off to a a decent start, but then the Bengals started to sort of turn it on from there, and, um, yeah, this was kind of another one that's, uh, I mean, the Raiders are another interesting one we'll talk about in the offseason. I mean, they... They certainly, I think, got further than we expected uh, based on everything that happened for them this season. But uh, the Bengals are just very hard to stop, and specifically Jamar Chase is uh, on oh another gosh. level. I, I'm i going to keep referring back to the conversation we had going into the season with everyone just scared as can be that this guy was dropping passes in the preseason. And I just remember <laughs> you and I were just like, hang on a second. Like, let's let's not go overboard here and – um, since then, I think we've kind of been proven right on this because he may still drop some passes every now and then, but um, he more than makes up for it. Uh, yeah, this was 26-19, Bengals win. Again, I, I don't know that it felt like it was this close. Uh, I always sort of looked at this game, and, you know, along the way, you just you felt like this was the Bengals game to lose, and uh, they made the plays, and uh, now they get ready for a, a very fun matchup as well on the AFC side of things. Yeah, which Jamar, you know, not, didn't obviously play – 
all of the 2020 season, things were going to definitely take a little more time to, to ramp back up. And when they did, boy, I mean, he's been fantastic even from week one on i know there's some lulls with this production but they have so many weapons on that offense it's not just part of him and yeah you see his ability and how huge he was on third down so it just at times the chemistry the, the between him and burrow is not <laughs> it's kind of unstoppable they, they see things differently that you could have the right defensive call and he's still going to put the ball right where jamar wants it uh, where the defender doesn't know it's coming at the right time. And, yeah, I mean, this game, similar, uh, you know, different in terms of where you might look at where the Raiders and Cowboys are at and their expectations going into them. But similar to Niners-Cowboys in terms of uh, uh, the one team that ended up winning could have, you know, blown it out a lot more if they didn't settle for so many dang field goals. There was In this game in general, there was a ton of field goals by both teams. Um, but, you know, between Cincinnati and the 49ers, I'm sure they would have liked to convert a few more drives for touchdowns. Uh, would have made things a little bit easier for them, especially for the Bengals, though, in this one. I, it felt like a, a early in that game that it was like, how are the Raiders only down by a touchdown? And different little things that the Raiders are able to do to they have the, you know, the play where Peyton Barber touches the ball before going out of bounds in the kickoff. They get pinned back at their own three. They they also have the, the sack fumble. The, the Bengals get the ball around the 20 or whatever it was. They only settle for a field goal there, too. So, I mean, just big big moments where the Raiders' defense did enough uh, to keep the minute, and then you saw, saw the Raiders start clicking a little bit more on offense. They also had some drives that stalled out that I'm sure they want to have back. They end up outgaining the Bengals by the end of the game. Um, some crazy throws on that last drive, especially that third and 17 conversion to Derek Waller, or Darren Waller that uh, from Derek Carr that was just a ridiculous pinpoint pass reminiscent of the pass earlier in the game that up the seam that we saw Burrow throw right past the defender's helmet. Um, so just really, you know, for the Raiders at least to, to make it interesting at the end there. Uh, obviously, they would have loved to go in the end zone. They, they, I did not love the spike as most people did. At the very least, you could obviously run a fade or maybe even just a little out route for a few more yards, something. Uh, there was too much time to be spiking the ball at that point. But I think ultimately, at the end of the day, this is kind of what we thought might happen in this game. The Bengals just a bit better. You, you trust Burrow a bit more. Um, and uh, it's really surprisingly in the first half, at least, maybe in the second half more, the, the Raiders defense was able to, to work on, on the offensive line of the, of the Bengals. But in the first half, Cincinnati's offensive line held up against that four-man rush in a way that they did not in the first matchup and was why Burrow got sacked so many times the first time they played. And uh, they were struggling to score points until late in the game. I thought Mixon was going to be a, a big part of their offense because of that to slow them down. He didn't end up having the same rushing success you would have thought, but it didn't matter. The Bengals still made plays. And, yeah, Chase, like you said, what a weapon. Uh, just it's going to be really fun now to watch what they're able to do. was hoping that, you know, it would have been really fun to – and it still could happen in the championship game to see Burrow against uh, Josh Allen or or Mahomes even. But uh, now we potentially will see that um, it, depending on what happens in the next one. I'm sure Tennessee is going to have a lot to say about that. But another a game that I you know that people are joking, no matter how uh, saying that the Bengals and Titans could trade AFC titles for 10 years and they'd still put them in the first window on Saturday for the divisional <laughs> round. Uh, no matter what, you know, whatever, if they don't have the same pageantry and different things as some of the other franchises might. Uh, I, I'm really excited for that game. I think it's going to be crazy to watch what 
uh, where the Titans come out. And I think the Titans are going to be just a really hungry team and a great matchup for, for Cincinnati. So it should be a lot of fun. And I'm just glad we get to watch Joe Burrow play one more week. It's been, uh, you know, and also, you know, we're going to see him moving forward and, and a lot of exciting things happening in Cincinnati. But it's just been a really, really fun season watching this team. They're, as you kept hearing the announcer say, they're just they're just fun. Uh, that's what all you can really say about the Bengals. See, if you're not a, a Bengals fan, I'm sure if you're a Bengals fan, they're not just fun. This is like everything you've dreamed of and more for years. You finally win a playoff game, and now you have a team that uh, has a really nice young core to build around for moving forward. I don't hate the matchup against the Titans. We'll see. Um, maybe that's a, a spoiler as to which way I go with our picks, but I, I don't hate the matchup. Um, we'll see how it plays out. We'll dive more into it, of course, on the next episode. But, yeah, I mean, in the AFC, you get all four division winners here. This is exactly what you want. And, um, man, these are not not to take anything away from the NFC because, like we said, I mean, we're still got one game to go here. Yeah. And I think any way you slice it, they're going to be very interesting matchups on that side too. But, man, the AFC, um, there's, I mean, certainly the, the main event is one that, uh, I mean, it's, you know, it's AFC championship caliber, but uh, not going to be mm-hmm. the case. One of them moves on, one of them does not. But uh, we will talk more about all those games on the next episode. But, uh, yeah, quite an interesting wild card weekend, even if it wasn't as super as uh, it was promoted <laughs> to be. Uh, it was, you, you still got a lot of good performances. And um, that, I think, says something to, Listen, you're moving on to the next round of the playoffs, and quite frankly, you kind of want to see some of these teams dominate the way they did. I think it makes it more interesting now. Um, you know, you feel like you do have the best teams moving forward, and that's what you want. So, uh, of course, Dylan, have it all covered over Clutch Points, uh, all of the reaction from Super Wild Card Weekend, and all the uh, fun stuff coming up heading into uh, the divisional round as well, so everybody know where they can find all of that. Yeah, you can go to clutchpoints.com to the NFL section there. Tons of tons of content on all the you know reactions from all the, the players, coaches, all that good stuff. We got that covered. Tons of tons of uh, fallout from the Cowboys-Niners game in particular that is, uh, most people are interested in at this point, but we've we've got takeaways looking deeper into each team, what what all the teams that lost this weekend so far need to do this offseason to, to improve and possibly go beyond on this round uh moving forward we got those articles and clutch points in the nfl section you can go to the betting section still to, to follow all of our betting previews for all these matchups um we got x-factor matchups for every single game uh predictions from each side on a more on a not just a betting side but more of a football kind of a lens uh so yeah nfl section betting section at clutchpoints.com as well as in the clutch points app the nfl section there you can follow all the games there as well and yeah should be Really fun divisional round matchup uh, matchups all across the board. No matter who wins tonight, even though obviously I'd very much prefer Rams Bucks in a rematch of that. Or, or I think it was Week Three or Four uh, game where those two teams played. It was a lot of fun. They've had a really good game last year. It would be fun to watch them again. But I think also the Cardinals and Bucks uh, to see what Kyler move forward and see what they can potentially do. Obviously JJ Watt, uh, we'll see. But it looks like he's playing t- tonight. By the we recorded in the morning and on Monday, and he posted a video, a hype video about him coming back so it looks like he'll be going by the time you listen to this you'll know the, the result of this game so uh no matter but anyway no matter how you slice it those four four games next weekend are going to be about as uh, you know basically everything you could hope for going into the postseason going into the season those are all going to be fantastic matchups no matter who wins tonight yep i think so too so uh be sure to check it all out at clutch points and as always be sure to subscribe to the podcast any podcast that you use search for stop fast uh thanks as always for listening to the podcast and we'll talk to you next time here on the establish fast podcast